Hey, I've been gone for four weeks. It's good to be back. Uh, it was, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was really, really good uh, to be away with the family. Uh, I think for me, what it meant the most was that I could, <laughs> Leighton bet me 10 bucks that I wasn't gonna cry. I said I wasn't gonna take that bet. <laughs> um, it, I was able to feel what it means to be with your family and have your energy focused on your family. I love my job. I love being here. I could be here all the time. Uh, the problem is, is that I'm an introvert, and so, and I know that seems weird, but I am. And so, by the end of the day, my energy is completely sucked, and, and I, and I, I, it's hard for me to have extra in the tank, and and, and it's always been that. I've always been that way with work, um, or my job. And so being gone, being with my family, being able to feel what it's like to give my energy to them and knowing what that is and what that looks like uh, was phenomenal. And so, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a great four weeks. It went by super fast, and I'm happy to be back. Um, so so the, title for, <laughs> the title for today's message is, Is Anxiety a Sin? Uh, and this, this is, it's a heavy subject, uh, whether we say mental illness, whether we, what, what, whatever we call it, the, the idea that our, our broken bodies don't work the way God created us because of sin, and you have these things that can infiltrate and, and really uh, um, bring you down. And so the series, this whole series that we're in is asking for a friend, and so you know, there was, there was input, you know, is this, is anxiety a sin? I mean, it, 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 is it okay if I'm anxious? I, what's the deal? And so this morning, uh, this, it was a heavy, it's a heavy subject for me personally. The last time that I spoke on anxiety, it was more of, of what I had gone through and what I was dealing with. Um, and, and today, we're going to take some of that and then point to Scripture. What does God say? What does God's word say? How can we get through these types of things? It happens all the time. Um, and so when we ask the question, is it a sin? I, I think um, first I want to start with um, our bodies are broken and our brains don't work perfectly. And there are absolutely times where there are things going on in here that need particular help from whatever, whatever the source is, whether it's therapy or medication or whatever. Because, our brain, because of sin, our brains are broken. But God's word is very clear on a couple things, and I think that we can find hope and peace and joy in what God's word says so that we can go through life and live exactly how he wants us to live so that he can use us exactly how he wants us to use, exactly how he wants to use us. So the, the passage we're going to be looking at is Psalm 77, um, and the psalmist is very open and very honest. And if you break down the psalm in 77, there's three parts. There's this idea of him just uh, expressing all of the fear, all of the anger, all of the distraught, and then he starts working towards, but then he switches his focus to who, who is God, and then remembering what God has done and then understanding God's nature. And when you go through the Psalm 77, it's phenomenal at how that plays out. And so as we go through this, um, 
there is clear direction in God's word. There is clear uh, understanding of, of who we are and who he is. Um, but there's a lot of different things that are involved when it comes to mental health. John Piper said, there will always be uh, physical strategies as well as spiritual strategies for dealing with the conditions of our soul. It's not all one and it's not all the other. That, there, that God has given us particular things to be able to help us. So on the one hand, if we say that anxiety is not a sin, uh, we have difficulties because there are scriptures that specifically call that out. It says, do not be anxious in Matthew 6. Matthew's saying even the birds are going to take, even God's taking care of the birds. He's going to take care of you. So don't be anxious. Another passage in Philippians is be anxious for nothing, but through prayer, thanksgiving, you will receive peace. You will receive joy. So if we say it's not a sin, we got to, and there's more passages. Those are just a couple. We have to figure out what to do with those. If we say it is a sin, because a lot of us in one way or, the, or another are anxious people, we get anxious, we, we get nervous, we get scared, we wonder what's going to happen, circumstances get us down there. So if we say that it is, um, what are we supposed to, like, how do we work that out for ourselves? H how does that play out in our lives? Are we supposed to just be robots and not be emotionally invested in anything? To not care about anything so that we aren't anxious, so that we don't stress, so we don't have fear? Those two songs, I'm telling you, I'm sitting over, the, I'm standing over in the corner, and, and it doesn't, I don't think it would have mattered how much I studied for this sermon. I think that I would have felt, I think that I would have felt um, the enemy attacking no matter what. I think that I would have felt that I didn't, I didn't study enough. I, I, I can't do this. I'm going to forget something. And those two songs, and then I'm sitting over there crying, and I'm like, great, now I got to go up and talk. But honestly, feeling that spirit, feeling the spirit, spirit's presence in this place, having God's word. I don't need to do anything. I just need to talk through God's word. That's it. The Spirit's already working. The Spirit's already here. We already have his power. And so we're anxious, but am I supposed to just not care? So that's another thing. That's on the other side. Also, we see some pretty important people in Scripture that went through anxiousness. Jesus, in the garden, while he was praying, Sweating drops of blood. I mean, like, when I get nervous, I sweat. It's never enough to bleed. But there's something there. Well, he's perfect. He's sinless. Somebody else, Paul. All of the things that he went through. Every time he was in jail, every time he was beat, every time he kept continuing forward with the gospel to move the kingdom forward, there's anxiousness in what's going on. Will he be captured What's going to happen next? Where am I going to sleep? There's dangers all around him. And he vocalizes that. So, as we work through the question, is anxiety a sin? We're going to stick in Scripture, and we're going to understand what is God calling us out of, and what is he going to help us through? The big idea for today is rightly reflecting on God will reorder our anxieties. So if I'm focused on the thing, and the thing I can't control, 
and I don't know what's going to happen, I'm going to have anxiety. If I understand that God is all sovereign and all knowing and all loving and he's never going to leave me and he's never going to forsake me, then I don't have to worry about the thing. And sometimes that's easier said than done. The Psalms are amazing because they're filled with emo- like raw emotion, crying out. When David was getting uh, um, um, pursued by Saul, and all of that anxiety and all of that stress and all of that fear and all of his anger and everything is coming out and he's honest and he's real. Psalm 77 is the same. So the question is, the key question is, how should I address my anxious heart? What is it that I should do? If I struggle with anxiety, how should I address that? In the Psalm, in Psalm 77, there seems to be three steps there's always got to be steps. So there's three steps that we can see in this particular chapter. It's not all-encompassing, but in this chapter, we can see three steps. The first is acknowledge your anxiety to the Lord. Be open, be honest, be real. He already knows. So for us to speak that out and give that to God and allow the Spirit to grab hold of that and allow the Spirit's power to eradicate that, acknowledging it to the Lord is the first. In Psalm 77, verse 1 through 4 says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comfort. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. Selah. You will hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. The psalmist is yelling out in distress. He says, I cry aloud to God. My hand is stretched out without wearying. Wearing. Wearing. My soul refuses to be comforted. I moan and my spirit faints. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. Have you ever felt that way? Because I know that I have. For different reasons, some were silly, some were serious. But I remember, there's, when I was younger, um, there was this girl. And um, there was problems in paradise, and so I, I it, whatever. But I, but, but I thought, this is, this is everything, this is my world, what's going to happen? How, how, how can I not, ha- how am I going to live without her? And I remember crying in the night and just listening and reading and crying, and it's a silly thing. It's a silly thing, but at that, part- at that particular time, it was a big thing. And I gave everything to God, and I just re- I remember crying. I remember being in there, and I remember by the time the sun came back up, I felt total peace. Again, it's a silly thing. But God was there with me. That's the thing. It, it doesn't matter if it's silly or if it's real. We're his, and he's ours. If we're children of God, if we have a relationship with God through Jesus because of his death on the cross, then we are his, and he loves us unconditionally. Uh, speaking of the songs, usually when I study, I always have to have music on, and there's a band called Judah that I usually listen to all the time, and there was one song, it says, Feels Like a Blessing, 
And so I'm, I'm, I'm studying, and all of a sudden it says, it is, it, it talks, it's talking about anxiety. It's talking about the, the fears of the world. It's talking about what's going on around them. And they said, both love and pain have their place in the heart. So don't curse the light while you learn from the dark. If for us to be in the middle of the valley or in our lowest parts doesn't feel good and I want to get out of it, I don't know how I can do it. I don't know how I can get through it. But it's in those times when we rely solely, maybe we're forced to, maybe we come about it naturally, maybe you're a prayer warrior. I love prayer warriors. But there are times when we're in our deepest, darkest spots and we want to get out of it, but God's wanting to use that and wanting to use it to shape us. How many times have we been in the midst of a storm and all of a sudden you feel God completely around you, you feel the Spirit completely around you? I'm standing over in the corner and all of a sudden I was like, okay, all right, thank you for reminding me. Uh, I, I, was, I didn't have any energy this morning. I was just kind of walking around. I was like, this is not good. I'm going up to, to preach. I got to have some kind of energy. And, and, but I was too worried. I was too nervous. I was, you know, whatever. And so then all of a sudden, it was like this whole weight lifted off. And then, okay, we're ready to go. Uh, what I love doing with the kids every Sunday. Wait, where's all the kids at? Ra raise your hands. Hi, I missed you. Fifth Sunday, family Sunday, you guys are stuck with me. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, we do this every Sunday morning or typically every Sunday morning. We ask the kids, hey, give me something happy and something sad that's happened throughout the week. So they're giving me all the things. The point of it and the purpose of it is for every Sunday for us to realize whether it feels good or it feels bad, God knows what's best for us. What he has for us is perfect. And sometimes it doesn't feel like that at all. We started this a long, I think it was two or three years ago, a family's house uh, was burnt down. And it was in the middle of COVID, I think, or, or right in between all of that. And, uh, and I remember the, the youngest daughter, how she was talking about that particular incident. And I remember her not being upset or angry or whatever, but just being content. And they had a place to live and people gave them clothes and they had food and they were content. And we started doing that, that regardless if it felt good or bad, it's God's perfection. It's exactly what he has, wants for you, even if we can't see it. When we acknowledge our anxiety to God, the invitation is to go to him with our anxiousness with all of our worry, with all of our fears, go to him. Acknowledge that. We can cry out and be honest. If you noticed, nowhere in this psalm, well, you will notice as soon as we, but we don't see God rebuking this psalmist for being honest and open about their feelings and their anger and their frustration. God wants us to be honest he already knows. He wants us to come with him because we can't change this in our power, but God can in his power. So the first step is acknowledging. The second step is ask questions about God's nature. This part is great because it reminds us of what God's done in the past, 
of what God's already done because he's going to continue to do it because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Psalm, starting in, uh, Psalm 77, starting in verse 5, it says, he says, I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. That was a crazy, that was a crazy line to me. My spirit made a diligent search. There was a purposeful, intentional heart check of who is God. My focus has to be on God. Verse 7, will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at, the end for, uh, at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has, his anger, has he in his anger shut up his compassion? There was three uh, verbs, considered, remembered, and meditate. There was a diligent search by the psalmist to focus, meditate, and understand exactly who God is so that he can understand exactly who I am. God is perfect. I am a sinner. My body is broken. God is perfect. I don't have power. I don't have strength. God does. And so he's meditating and he's remembering and he's uh, um, uh, considering and, and, and realizing all that God has done. And, and this isn't necessarily the type of um, question. He's not questioning like uh, uh, you know, being skeptical or putting God on trial. He's, he's asking these questions. He's coming before God so that God can give him these memories so that he can remember, so that he can understand exactly who God is. Uh, a while ago this year, I think, Lise got into an accident. And um, so Leighton and Luca were sad, and we were talking through things, and Leighton had a lot of questions. And, um, and it was funny because we were in the car, and every Sunday we say, no matter what happens, it's God's perfect plan. And so we were talking, and I was like, well, I guess this, this is God's perfect plan for us. And Leighton said, what? And I said, well, yeah, I don't know. But this is what we're in. This is in the middle of. And then we started talking about things that has happened in the past. When Leighton was first born, uh, two months before Leighton was born, Lisa, Lisa, uh, I, I was running a nonprofit, so I was not bringing in any money. Lisa was bringing the money in, and she was fired while she was pregnant. So now, Leighton's born, and neither one of us have a job. And it ain't like we had much in savings either. Two weeks later, I got a full-time job at Yates. Four or five years after that, I get a job here. God took care of everything. At no point was anything wrong. We might have had more cornflakes than we really wanted to. But other than that, nothing was wrong. We had a roof over our heads. We had food. We were taken care of. People loved us. Everything was good to go. We were really, really close at getting a house uh, five, six years ago in Lake Orion. Really close. I'm talking like the week of closing. And then all of a sudden, everything went sideways. And it was a huge gut check. And we were like, why? Like we had finally allowed ourselves to think about this. This is going to be an amazing home. We get to have privileges on the lake, which we never thought we would ever have. And so all of a sudden now that's completely gone. It's off the table. It's not happening. 
Last year we got the house that we're in now, which is perfect. And it's exactly what we want, need. And it's amazing. And it felt bad then, but we can see perfection now. And so we're talking about these things with our kids, with Leighton. I don't know why this is God's perfect plan. I don't know why Lisa, uh, mom's car got jacked. I don't know why that happened. But it's God's perfect plan. And here's how we can remember that. And the psalmist points us to that. Are you considering? Are you remembering? Are you meditating? When you're in the lowest places, remember, these are steps to help us work through anxiety. And we're putting everything in God's hands. And so are we remembering and are we reflecting? Are we understanding that God is ultimately in control and sovereign over everything? And even if I didn't study enough, or I felt like I didn't, or I felt like I wasn't going to be able to do this, I don't have to worry. God is in control. I could mumble through everything and somehow the Spirit's going to convey to you the truth that he wants to convey. So reflecting on God's word, are you, there is a couple things. Reflecting, meditating, reading, uh, uh, whether you're, you're listening to the Bible or reading the Bible, whether it's, it's uh, um, physical or digital. Are we in God's word? Are we journaling? There's two questions you can ask for every passage of scripture that you're reading. What is God saying and what am I going to do about it? That alone can change the way you look at everything and the way that everything plays out in your day. What is God saying and what am I going to do about it? Do you have someone that you can go to that lifts you up? Do you have a community of friends who love Jesus and can help you and can help point you and give you the reassurance and take you to the cross and take you to Scripture? Do you have people that can work through those things with you? Living in fellowship is, is one of the greatest things of, of uh, Christianity because we're all together as a family in the body of Christ. So we need to acknowledge our anxiety towards God, be honest and real, remembering what he's done. The second step is remembering what he's done for us. Remembering all of the faithfulness that he's in, that he is perfect, that he is good, that he is always with us. The last step, step three, is appeal to God's character. Starting in verse 10, the psalmist says, Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on all your deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. He's going to start, what he's doing is he's remembering what, ha oh, I just lost it. I lost what he was remembering. Um, there was a time in Israel's life, there was many, many times in Israel's life where they felt like they were at their lowest and they couldn't get through. And whatever the case was, the psalmist is remembering God being with the Israelites and being with them and helping them and never leaving them and never forsaking them. And he's, and he's going back to that, to that particular time. 
In 15, he says, You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightings light, lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Um, this is, the, verse 19 is, is uh, another amazing verse. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Your footprints were unseen. It's very difficult to explain to a four, five, six-year-old that God is with us right now. <laughs> then they immediately like, whoa, are they in my, is he in my room right now? Well, is he over here right now? Well, is he at my friend's house right now? And so it's, it's hard to um, uh, uh, be able to explain that, that concept. But for us to understand that the Spirit is with us and living on us, if we have a relationship with God through Jesus, the Spirit is living with us, He is alive, He's powerful, and we have that always. I don't see His footprints, but I know because Scripture says that He is right here with me. I know that. This is a significant pivot in the, in the Psalms right now. So he was being honest and open and angry and allowing that to come out. Then he turned his focus on God. Who is he? What has he done? And because of that, we've gotten to a part in, this, in the Psalm where he has completely changed and now is, has laid everything at Jesus' feet and now is... Um, appealing and, and, and focusing and understanding that God is exactly who he says he is. That he, again, remembers and he ponders and he meditates on God's mighty works. Ah, here it is, specifically. The psalmist points back to the redemptive work of God in the Exodus event. And so that was a dark time for the Israelites and getting them out of there, and God releasing them, and, and, and taking them out of the hand of Pharaoh, and they don't know what's happening. And the psalmist is remembering that God was right there with them then, and he's right here with us now. God was there in the most anxious moment of Israel's history. He had not abandoned his people, and he had not forsaken his great love and kindness. How often do we feel that we're all alone or we're not going to be able to do whatever is coming up or we have fear? Maybe we have so much anxiety and fear that we don't make decisions. That's why we lived in an apartment for 15 years. I lit, my mind literally went, if I buy a house, my family will be on the street because I can't afford it and, and there's no place for us to go. So we stay in an apartment. It's nice and safe for 15 years <laughs> with, a, with a six-year-old and a two-year-old on a third floor with no yard, and they can't jump. It was, it was nuts. But because I was fearful, because I was putting it all on myself, because I was trying to live out life in my power, because I was trying to be a husband in my power or a father in my power, I was failing miserably. 
Do we take our anxieties? Do we take our fears? Do we lay them at the foot of the cross? Because it's the redemptive work on the cross that took all of this. I'm not perfect. When God looks at me, he sees perfection, not because of me, but because of Jesus. My body's not perfect. My brain is broken. My, I, I, I want to do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. And I'm not perfect, and I make mistakes. But God's work, Jesus' work on the cross redeems all of that. The psalmist took us straight back to the heart of everything, and that is Jesus. And it's his love for you and his love for me. And for me to be exactly who God wants me to be, how, it's how much I am living out of his power, not my own. So, will we acknowledge our anxiety? Will we remember what God's done for us in the past? What was the third one? Appeal to God's character. Are we going to understand and know exactly who he is? This is for me. This is me just talking about me. Going through therapy and being on medication, those two things have allowed me to have headspace so that I can be in the corner, in church, coming up on stage, feeling the power of the Spirit. For me, therapy and medication was never going to be the salvation. That was never going to be what was going to fix everything. For me, that allowed me to get to a headspace where I was now able, better, to cast all my cares on him, to live out of his power and his strength, to remember exactly what he's done for me, to understand that me being a, a kid's pastor at Lake Orion is the greatest thing that I can be doing because that's exactly what God wants me to do. But I have to live out of that strength and that power and that understanding. I have to live out of that. Am I allowing God, who's the good shepherd, to lead me, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what I can see, regardless of what it feels like, am I allowing him to move me and guide me and help me in my life? Am I living out of his power? I'm not a perfect husband or a perfect dad, but it looks way different now than it did five years ago, even four years ago. And I still make mistakes and I still struggle. And my OCD and my anxiety still comes out sometimes. Uh, like last night, for instance, uh, Leighton asked if he could come with me in the morning and I immediately was like, and in my, I'm already in my head thinking about the message. I'm already processing well, is this enough? Have I done enough? He says, I'm going to come with you in the morning. I said, no, no, you're not, you're not coming with me in the morning. I'm in my head. I'm already feeling anxious. <laughs> Lisa's like, you could have just said no. So this morning I woke him up. I said, hey, you want to come to church with me? He's like, yeah, but you said no. I said, I know. I, you should come with me. He said, well, why did you say no? I said, I don't know why I said no. <laughs> I don't know why I did, but come with me. Am I casting all my cares on God? Again, therapy and medication allows me to go through these steps so that I'm not relying on those things. 
I have to continually dig into who God is and what is he doing and who am I and, and, and how am I falling short. And with God's power and his strength and his mercy, he will help us through. What can we do? Is, so is anxiety sin? Uh, the, the writer of this particular sermon pointed out that maybe it's not necessarily whether it's, it, whether it's the anxiousness, maybe it's what we're anxious about. Maybe it depends on what we're anxious about and then how that plays out. God says, be anxious for nothing in, in, in his word. We are broken and we are sinful. But God's redemptive work on the cross and the power that we can have in the spirit can knock those things out. And are we doing that? Um, last thing, how consistently have you acknowledged your anxiety, asked questions to the Lord, and appealed to his character? Is this a common practice in your prayer and in your um, devotional life? Are we coming to the cross and are we laying those things out? Therapy and medication are, have its place. Um, essential oils have their place. <laughs> um, but only if that pushes us to the cross, only if we're living out of the power of the Spirit. No therapy, no medication can fix me. No essential oils can fix me. But if they can help me get to the foot of the cross and live out in that way, I'm cool. When the psalmist says these things, being open and honest, coming to God, remembering and understanding who he is, that will allow us to get rid of anxiety. That will allow us to work through those things. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for um, this morning. Thank you that we, um, you are here with us and you are always with us. And thank you that regardless if we're feeling, uh, whatever we're feeling, whatever our mind is telling us, thank you that we know that you are more powerful than that. God, I just remembered the team in India, the, the Matt and, and Derek, they, they took students down to, or over to India. God, they're traveling right now. Please be with them. If we talk about anxiousness, I guarantee there's anxiousness on that plane. God, just be over them, be in them, be with them. Uh, allow them to uh, just come back to you and focus on you, God. Thank you for this opportunity and this honor to speak your word. In Jesus' name, amen.